Hi everyone and welcome back to Tales of Grim. This is your host Tyler. And I'm Tori. And uh, today's very spooky episode. We're going to talk about very frightening things. Do, do you want to say what we're going to talk about, Tori? Um, we're actually going to be talking about ghost stories that have happened to us in real life. Actual real life ghost stories, not like ghost adventures. No, it's things that have actually happened to us mm -hmm. in real life. Things why we believe ghosts are real. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> so, would you like to start? T tell us some of the year creepiest ghost stories. Oh God, um, I want to say I don't have that many creepy ghost stories. Um, but ever since I was a little girl, I've believed in ghosts. Um, mostly how my grandmother, who passed away when I was a young girl, how she has still been kind of like watching over me as kind of like a guardian angel. And there are times where I would be at my parents' house alone, and upstairs we have an office, um, and the door, when it's closing, it has a very specific sound. So whenever I'm home alone, I can be like sitting on the couch and I hear that distinct sound of the door closing. Sometimes I know that the door has already been closed. There's no wind, no like fan going, nothing like that. Sometimes the door closes, sometimes it doesn't. Are you saying that you hear the door open up and then close? No, it's mostly just it closing. But I always take that as a message of my grandmother saying like, Hey, I'm still here, still watching over you. And the door is always closed. Not always. Sometimes when I go up there, it's open. Other times it's closed when it should have been opened. And there are other times where it was closed. I hear the noise and it's still closed. Is it possible that because you're not there that often or in the past when it has happened that you thought it was closed, but really a draft is or pressure is shutting the door? No, because I know for a fact this has happened to me like so many times in my parents' house that it's it has become normal for me. And there have been multiple times where I actually check all of the windows and make sure that they're closed and that they have been closed. And I make sure that the fan is off, that the air is off. I take that into consideration as well as a possibility, but all of those times, like the window hasn't been open, no fan, no air conditioning, nothing like that. So it's literally just like that one distinct sound. Interesting. What else you got for us? Well, I got something creepy that could go with that is I think it was my junior year in high school, um, New Year's. My friend and three of our guy friends, there was a guy that I was dating at the time, um, a guy that my friend had a crush on, and then one of our other friends. We all were gathered together watching movies and all of that stuff, and one of the movies that we watched was Insidious. It's a great movie, by the way. Terrifying end of the night movie to watch. Absolutely nah, terrifying. come on. It's a good one. <laughs> Possibly if I rewatch it, but even then, I'm still gonna get scared. But anyway, at the end of the night, the guys go home. My friend actually spends the night with me. 
Um, and she had already gone upstairs to my room. I was bringing up some of the pillows, all of that stuff. And as I get to the top of the steps, I hear that sound. The door closing. Yes. Okay. Correct. I don't even wait to go see if the door's actually closed or any of that stuff. I just freak out and I run to the room like a scaredy cat. Was your tail between your legs as you ran? If I had a tail, yes. My God. It's quite the tail. <laughs> what about you? What are your scary stories? Oh, I have countless scary stories. Some that, like, I could probably talk about this for, like, two or three hours, but we're not going to do that long an episode. <laughs> But if you guys do like this episode and want to know more stories, because both of both him and I do have a lot of stories that can last for hours, um, we can actually do a part two of this episode and bring in some of our other stories. Yeah, so let us know, because that would be amazing. <laughs> like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. You Doing know what to do. Early plugins now. <laughs> Follow us on Patreon. <laughs> Link below and Instagram. Spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, some of my ghost stories. But there was this one time where I had just woken up for school. I was about like 15 or 16 at the time. And I started getting ready. Then my mom kind of comes into my room and she's like, hey, come here real quick. So I was like, okay. So we go to my mom's bedroom and she was like, do you see any coins around here? And I was like, coins? What do you, what do you mean? And she's like, I normally have about a dollar fifty in change that I bring to work for like the vending machine and stuff. I set them on the counter and it's not here. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, I set them on the counter, but I didn't hear kind of like the change hit. And when I looked down, the change were gone. Like I couldn't find any coins. And I was like, well, that's weird. So, you know, I start kind of looking around on the ground. I'm looking around on the counter. I pick up the rug and everything, and I was like, I don't see anything. She's like, yeah, me neither. She was like, I don't know what happened. I just set it down, and now it's not here. So I was like, okay, well, I need to continue getting ready for school. So I started getting ready for school. My mom goes downstairs. She's, like, making breakfast and everything. And then something just kind of clicked on me, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go back into their room and see if I can find those coins. So I go into the room, and sitting on top of the counter were three quarters. And I was just like what the hell? Like, it was literally, like, right in front of your face. Like, you would walk up and you can, like, absolutely see this thing on the counter. But my mom and I probably spent a good, like, five to ten minutes searching for coins. Yeah, it was super weird. So then I, you know, I called my mom into her room. My mom's like, what's up? And I was like, your coins are right here. And she was like, well, where'd you find them? I was like, they're right here on the counter, mom. And she was like, what? <laughs> so we had that moment of, like, what the hell? So then a few days goes by. I want, it's like, I think it's like late at night or it's early in the morning. I don't know. It's one of those daytime things. It was originally a dollar that your mom set down, right? A dollar fifty. A dollar fifty. Yes. So she's still missing a good 50 cents or 75 cents. <laughs> Math. Math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's missing like three quarters. And my mom basically comes up to me. She goes, do you remember how I lost those, uh, how we only found a few of those quarters the other day? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, I found the other the other half of the coins. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> Where'd you find them? And she was like, well, I was going to the bathroom and I was reading one of my, you know, one of my books. And as I turned the page of this book that I've been reading almost every single day since that incident, three quarters fell out. And I was like, shut up. 
I was like, are you going senile? Did you like misplace these things? And are you like, are you, you know, are you messing with me? She's like, no, I swear to God, I have no idea how this happened. I'm so freaked out. It was super weird. And the thing was that it was in the mornings, it was always just me and my mom. Like my brother and sister, my brother was moved out. My sister would be gone for um, work or something. Cause she always worked like early morning shifts at a restaurant. And my dad always left at like four in the morning, like to go to work. So it was just always my mom and I in the house. And it was the most bizarre thing. So we chalked it up to either we're both completely crazy or ghosts. <laughs> ghosts yeah <laughs> i i honestly it's one of those things where i was like when i saw the three quarters stacked on the counter i was like there's no goddamn way i'm i don't wear glasses i'm not blind <laughs> like it was like right in front of my face that second time when i came into the room and i was just like what <laughs> i'm still baffled by it to this day that wasn't a scary one but that was just like one of the most bizarre ones that like <laughs> there's nothing in this world that will explain what happened I have no clue. I wish I could explain it other than saying ghosts. Uh, yeah, ghosts. Actually, do you remember the time where um I had the dream about that doll that you had in your parents' house? Oh my god. Okay, so for a little insight to this story, when my sister and I were little girls, I believe it was my grandma gave both of us um, a porcelain doll each. Um, you know, really pretty dolls, still have them in the boxes. My sister is terrified of them ever since Chucky. Uh, Chucky's not even a porcelain doll. No, but that whole fear of dolls coming to life. They are pretty creepy looking dolls, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I do use that to my advantage sometimes when my sister visits and she's, like, pissing me off. I just pull out the doll and she starts freaking out. Um, but anyway, so I've had these dolls since I was a a little girl and when we first started dating um, I believe it was that summer actually I was video chatting with you before you came down yeah so Tori's family lived in Long Beach and we met while we were going to uh, San Francisco State together so I went to go visit her during the summer at one point yeah so I'm talking to him via Skype or whatever and he just starts talking to me about this weird dream he had of this doll and well and in the dream i was like oh i had a dream that i went to your house well and do you want to describe the doll i don't remember what i said really i might get <laughs> like some details wrong but i remember like in the dream like i just gone to her house you know and tori had like walked through her house uh like a couple times on facetime so i could kind of look around a little bit but he had i had never gone in that one room that the dolls are in so there's no way that he would have known yeah not the dolls behind dolls. like a like a cabinet or something like that no they were up on the cabinet like ah. you could still see them but they were like decorations on the top right so i had this dream that i, I want to say i was in her living room and basically i remember seeing this doll it was I think it was the blonde one, right? Possibly? I can't... It's been a bit, actually, since I had this dream. It was... But, I remember it was a combination of the two. I think it was... I think you said it was, like, my dark-haired doll, which is my doll, with my sister's doll's dress. I think that was supposed to be it, because it was, like, a mix of those yeah. two somehow. But the thing that was weird about it was that, you know, I... Just, I, when I think about it now, I can't remember what I said, but at the time, I pretty much described the dress, the doll, the look, and everything, like, to a T. 
With the only difference being that Tori's doll with the dark hair was in the other dress of the second yeah. porcelain doll. It, I basically mixed up the two dresses, but I still described the dresses accurately without ever seeing this doll. So as I'm telling Tori this dream, she's kind of looking at me super weird. I'm like, what? And she's like, hold that thought. She leaves for like a minute, comes back, and she brings in the doll. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so somehow my doll actually is either haunted um, or somehow it just... I don't even... No, uh, no, traveled I, into your dreams. I, I, I have the perfect answer because I I joke really? about this, but I'm also like kind of serious at the same time. My family's psychic. We have seen so many ghost-related things. We've had these strangest occurrence. And you know, I, as much as I love paranormal stuff, that's never always my go-to. Like, I'm a pretty logical person. So like, as much as I want it to be ghosts, I normally will hit the more logical approaches first. Like, okay, it's probably door slamming. It's probably pressure. It's you know, tricks with my eyes, something like that. But every now and again, there is something really goddamn weird that happens where I'm just like, I got nothing for this. Very sure my family's psychic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty positive we are. <laughs> but why you would dream about my doll, I don't know. I'm psychic. I was predicting the future. <laughs> it's very clear. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Oh my god. Do you remember can't even remember if it was before it was after that summer i want to say or during i was visiting your house your parents house and i think your brother and sister were both staying there at the same time so we had to sleep out on the couch mm -hmm. and i remember it was i want to say that first night i had the hardest time sleeping because i kept seeing shadows and I remember very vividly one of my dreams was about a little girl in I want to say it was a white dress and long dark hair. I don't think you would ever told me your story about her before. <laughs> we'll get into that but after. When I told you about it you started describing a little bit more about her and I'm like yeah yes that is exactly her. So she might actually be a ghost or a demon that has been following you since you were a child. It's probably a demon. We played the Ouija board a lot growing up. Yeah. I still have that Ouija board. I want to play it, but Tori never wants to play it with me. Nope. It's so lame. <laughs> Anyways. So I played it once, and one of you guys messed around with me. Oh, Justin and I were messing around with it the entire time. I, one of the questions I asked was like, who's the biggest alcoholic? And it went immediately, T-Y. I was like, get out of here, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was God. pretty funny. But this little girl has been, uh, it's one of the main ghosts that's been haunting my family. Like, a lot, <laughs> just about everyone in my family has seen that. Actually, except my dad, I think. My No, my dad and my mom hasn't seen it. But Travis Tarr and I have definitely. Yeah. His brother to this day, actually still has dreams about that little girl. Yeah, so my brother and I get sleep paralysis a lot, which is really bad, but he gets it a lot worse than I do. For me, it's normally I can't move, and every now and again, like, I'll see something, but, like, he sees a lot of trippy things, and he always sees this little girl in the sleep paralysis dreams. So she's just kind of always been there. But one of the times where this wasn't a dream, that I now realize this is a goddamn entity that's been in my family... Or I think it was my, my senior year or I had just started my first semester of college because I went to community college. 
first before transferring to SF State. But there was this time I, I had just gotten home and I went upstairs to my room. I was home alone. You know, I'm setting my things down, like my keys, my wallet, and my mom calls me. So, you know, I answer the phone and it's a FaceTime. And my mom and my dad at this point were driving their car to um, the dealership because their car was having some like electrical problems. So they're FaceTiming me as they're driving and they're like, oh, check out what's, what's going on with the car. Basically, the radio was turning on and off, lights were flickering on and off, like, all of, like, the blinkers and everything were just going haywire on their car. And I was like, oh my god, that's super weird. So then, as I'm talking to my mom and dad, the FaceTime cuts out. <laughs> At this point in this house that we lived in, my brother's old room and my room shared a wall. My bed was pressed up against the wall, so I'm sitting on my bed, my back's against the wall, as I was having this phone call. And all of a sudden I hear from my brother's side of the room, hmm, 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 So I just sit there for a moment and I'm just like, no, no way. I did not just hear that. Then all of a sudden I hear the humming again. And I was like, I'm home alone. There's no one in this house. I go into my sister's room, no one's there. I'm like, kind of checking up the upstairs, looking outside my window because my window on the second floor, I could see the driveway. My car is the only one there. I go to my brother's room and just every fiber of my being was like, don't go in there. Like all the hair stood up on my body. Like, and I just kept getting this weird feel. And it, I don't get this feeling often, but uh, every now and again, I do get this weird like sixth sense, I want to call it. I decided as my hand is on this handle, nope, I'm out. And I left and went to my, fr to my friend Sufian's house. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not being in this house. I, I straight up dipped and I was like, I'm not looking at the window. I'm going to look up at my room. I'm going to see a face probably. I just drove away. <laughs> Did not come back until my family got there. <laughs> I noped the hell out of there. <laughs> oh my god. And then my brother who eventually moved back uh, at this point when, uh, when I had this incident, he was living in Virginia. So he moved back to California. And he moved in with his friend at this, like, at this house that they were living at. And he had two roommates. So there was one time where he was home alone, and he started hearing the girl humming, coming from his roommate's bedroom. And he basically started, you know, he called me, and he goes, remember that story you told me? And I was like, yeah. He goes, did it sound like this? And he started doing the hum, and I was like, yeah, why? And he was like, I just heard it in my roommate's room. I'm leaving. <laughs> I was like, I don't blame you. So then, another thing happens. At this point, his roommate's the only one home alone, and she hears the humming. She describes it perfectly to my brother, and at this point, that's when my brother realized, oh, the girl's going after me. <laughs> and then he's always had night terrors about this little girl in a white dress, black hair, pale-ass skin, creepy smile. Maybe she can travel as well because my friend who was with me that New Year's and she has said multiple times how she thinks our house is haunted. Okay, see, I thought when you said travel, I thought you were going into like the little girl story. Yeah, it's connected to that. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, one of the stories that she has told me is that she's been downstairs on the couch one night the animals are all sleeping in front of her, some like in her line of sight, um, wherever, so she knows that it's not them, but she hears 
little girl, like little feet running up and down our stairs and a little girl giggling. Was that recently? I want to say it was within the last like year, year and a half. Interesting. I don't, I don't think I've heard that story. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, you've been to my parents' house so many times. Like, maybe this little ghost girl can travel from, like, your brother's house to our house to my parents' house to your parents' house to well, there's a lot wherever. Of par- yeah, there's a lot of paranormal theories that say that uh, ghosts basically can attach to people, not necessarily homes. But I'm thinking of it more of, like, a virus of sorts. Like, you don't have to be there for the ghost to be there as well. Oh, that's the plot of one of the crappy sequels to The Grudge. (laughs) Literally, it's like they burned down the house in the first movie, and now The Grudge can go anywhere it wants in the sequel. And it goes to America. Because why not? Because why not? Yeah, no, it's, it's, that was not a good one. Actually, I, mean, <laughs> I, I really do need to watch the Grudge series, or Juon, the Origins, on uh, Netflix. I gotta, gotta check that out. I love the Grudge. It was such yeah. a creepy movie. We can make that one of our episodes. Yeah, it probably will be, once we watch the series. There's another ghost that has been in my life for a very long time as well. Aww. Yeah, so when I was little... I had this imaginary friend named Jerry. Heartwarming little demon boy. Yeah, so Jerry (laughs) was my best friend. I remember having an imaginary friend named Jerry, but uh, I don't remember the extent of how bad it was, apparently. (laughs) Of course, you remember all of the good things because Jerry liked you. I just remember having an imaginary friend named Jerry. I don't remember ever talking to Jerry. That's the thing. So... Jerry, I, my brother and sister used to pick on me pretty horribly when we were little. You know, little sibling things. Uh, a little bit worse than that, but I won't get into that. Uh, true. So, I had this imaginary friend named Jerry, and, you know, he hung out with me, and apparently he went everywhere I went. And there were these times where my brother and sister would continue to pick on me, so I, I guess there was this story where we all went to go sit down for dinner. I left the spot open to sit next to Jerry while I ate dinner. My brother sat, went to go sit in that spot, and I was like, no, you can't sit there, Jerry's sitting there. And my brother goes, oh yeah, watch me, and he sits in the spot, and apparently I start freaking out, saying, Jerry's gonna hurt you, you need to move, don't do that. And, you know, that scared my family, and that, apparently that happened many, many, many times growing up. Not just the dinner thing, but just a lot of incidents of me freaking out about Jerry, and it got to the point where my mom actually considered putting me or having me talk to like a psychiatrist or kind of putting me maybe in a mental hospital. That, that was a thought. I don't know if it was an actual mental hospital. I might just be assuming that. But they legit wanted me to speak to like a doctor or psychiatrist for like mental health. Because apparently it was so bad to the point that I was just like, no, this is a real thing. Jerry exists. <laughs> And he had to go everywhere. He had to go trick-or-treating with me. And then apparently one day, Jerry just disappeared. I remember, you know, I heard this story, but my parents told me that they were like, where's Jerry? And I was just like, who's Jerry? They are like, what? (laughs) The person you've been obsessed with for like the past two years is just gone? You don't remember? Nope. A little demon child that wiped your memory when he was done with you. Basically. But the thing was... We have seen a little kid running around the house multiple times. Like, in a lot of the houses that we moved. We kind of moved a good amount. Not a good amount, but 
we moved from Manteca to Brentwood to Discovery Bay, and then I've moved to San Francisco, LA, <laughs> Anaheim, all those fun places throughout my life. But I've always had this little kid, Jerry, following me, essentially. And there was this one story where my dad, because like I said earlier, he gets up super early for work. He got up and was getting ready, and in the Manteca house, we had this punching bag that dangled from the ceiling. It had probably about, like, six inches of room between the punching bag and the wall. So you can kind of, like, if you were standing on the side of the punching bag, you could see through in between the punching bag and the wall for about six inches. Mm -hmm. So my dad said that, uh, you know, he got up ready for work, and he was heading uh, into the living room, and as he passed the punching bag, he said he saw this little boy standing there. And he goes, Tyler, what are you doing awake right now? So he said he turned on back to the other side of the punching bag, and he said the little boy was gone. He thought it was me. So he comes barging into the room late at night, checks on us. My dad's kind of like freaking out a little bit. He wakes us up and he was like, were you just in the living room? And I was like, no, I'm sleeping. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay, go back to bed. And he just leaves. Tells me later, he's like, I saw a little kid. Thought it was you. <laughs> So there was that instance. And my dad is the most anti-paranormal person. Like, he really doesn't believe in ghosts that much. But we've had so many weird things happen that he's also just kind of like, okay, there are some really weird things that I've seen that I never thought I would believe in. <laughs> I've also seen Jerry in a bathroom mirror. There was literally one time when I was in the Manteca house where you closed... You know that scene in a horror movie where you close a mirror oh, and you God. see something? Yeah, I closed a mirror and I saw a little kid on the corner of the wall and then just duck out real quick into my bedroom. I go into the bedroom and everything stands up and I get that weird feeling again and I'm just like, Jerry, God damn it. <laughs> I didn't truly start believing in ghosts till I was probably about like six or seven years old. And this was my very first ghost experience. When I lived in Manteca, I was about to go take a shower. You know, I get naked and everything, I hop in the shower, and it was like a little stand-up shower. So, it was probably like, I don't know, the shower is maybe like four feet by four feet wide. Like, you know, it wasn't a tub or anything, it was just like a stand shower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm showering, it was probably a little bit bigger than that, but it wasn't that big, yeah, <laughs> either way. estimations. Right. But, doors locked, I had literally just hopped in, and you know, I'm rinsing my hair, and all of a sudden... I feel someone grab my shoulder and press down on it. And I turn around thinking like, you know, it's my brother messing with me or something. Best time to mess with someone while they're taking a shower, by the way. It's not. It was really upsetting. Because when I turned around and didn't see anyone, I freaked out, jumped out of the shower, unlocked the door, and ran out of the bathroom naked. Screaming. I ran out naked screaming. Because someone grabbed me and pushed, pull, like, pushed me down. Like, not to where I fell down, but just, like, pushed on me. And that's when I started believing in ghosts. Because <laughs> there was no one in there. And there was no window or anything in the bathroom. It was just wall-to-wall -wall doors. Or not doors, but wall-to-wall -wall and a door. Like, it wasn't even a curtain. It was a door. You had to physically open the door to get into the shower. Yeah. My god, you are haunted. Yes, absolutely. Then we started playing the Ouija board. <laughs> the best thing to do 
I feel like you have just invited more ghosts into your life because of that thing. Absolutely, and if there are any ghosts listening, I welcome you to this apartment. Oh my god, I will sage this house. All ghosts are welcome. Nope, I'm gonna kick you out with sage. Mm, don't, don't nope. come. Don't You're welcome, come. I allow it. Doors open, come hang out, bro. We'll, we'll crack open a cold one with the boys. Well, the other owner <laughs> of this apartment is going to sage your ass if you step one foot into this, into this home. Nah, see, ghosts and stuff and demons, they all feed on negative emotion and fear. So if you're not scared, they ain't gonna bother you. I don't think I have ever been scared by a ghost, really. Besides when I was alone with you at my parents' house after our pool day. When you started seeing that, um, like, shadow. shadow. in the corner. Oh, God. Yeah, it did. So... Like I said, he and I were alone at my parents' house. I think they were gone for the weekend or wherever. I think we were living in Anaheim at this point. Um, and we would go over because they had a pool. <laughs> uh, and it was summer, hot. We thought we could just go over, have a few drinks, float in the pool, have fun, whatever. Anyway, at the end of the night, um, him and I are actually planning on spending the night because him and I have both been drinking. He's past his limit at this point. And I go to the bathroom and I start hearing him talking. So I'm thinking, oh, he's trying to talk to me. So I start responding, you know, normal things. I did not hear her talking at all. <laughs> but I did not know that at that point. I finish up in the bathroom and I walk out and he's staring into my parents' billiard room. And I believe you were looking at the closet at that point. And you kept saying that you were trying to talk to the shadow guy. Because there was this... I don't know, you kept well, saying... Well, I did not was, say shadow guy. I said I saw the shadow. I'm trying to talk to it. it. Sounds really crazy saying it out loud. But here's my perspective. Tori went to the bathroom. I'm sitting on the couch. And mind you, I'm, I'm pretty buzzed at this point. And, you know, I'm just kind of sitting there. And all of a sudden, Sixth Sense activates. And immediately everything shoots up and I sober up so goddamn quick. I don't think I've ever sobered up that, like, in an instant so quickly. <laughs> like, I'm just sitting on the couch and I just feel this, like, this burning on my neck staring at me. So I turn around, I'm looking into, like, the parents' billiard room, which is kind of like a living room, all essentially. They just have a pool table there. And there's this closet in the corner. For some reason, this door in the closet just always swings open. So this door's open. I'm just staring at it, and I just see this darkness. The room was dark, but this corner was, like, pitch black. And the longer I looked at it, the more... And then, again, it could have been tricks playing with my eyes, and I was definitely buzzed. Kind of. Up until I sobered up really quick. But this thing just kept moving. It looked like it was vibrating almost. So I start talking to it, and then it just stops moving. I'm just like, there's something there. I don't know if you're there or not. I don't know if this is, uh, you know, some ghost here, but, uh, I'm here, and I see you. Tori comes out of the bathroom after seeing me talk to this thing, and she's like, I'm not sleeping here. We're leaving. Because that actually freaked me out a lot. <laughs> and as we're leaving, you know, I'm locking the house, making sure the animals are okay, all that stuff, whatever, turning lights off. I get him in my car and he's looking up to one of the windows 
I think it was the office window, and you kept saying that the shadow figure was in the office looking down at us. That just solidified that nope of the night. Also, I just want to point out, that was the first ghost experience I had at your parents' house. Was it? Yeah. That was the first and only ghost experience I've had at your parents' house. Anyways, on that note, we should probably wrap things up. Yeah. For part one of our true life ghost story. Possible part one. If you guys like this enough, um, please comment and we can do a part two because we have enough stories. Yeah, we do. There's a lot of ghost stories. Oh, Lord. There might actually be a ghost incidence that happens between now and then, too. New stories. Cool story, bro. <laughs> ghost story, bro. <laughs> Boo story, bro. <laughs> Boo story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. See ya.